Hi, this is The Gathering Church in Windsor, Ontario, and I'm Pastor Garth Lino. Welcome to our podcast. How Sweet the Sound is a four-part series that we're doing here at The Gathering to examine some of the uh, stories and the theology behind the songs that the church has been singing for decades, some of the old favorites. Uh, don't get me wrong, I love singing new music. I love learning new songs, wherever they might come from. If they exalt Jesus, I want to learn them and sing them. But I don't think that we should neglect the rich music tradition that has been handed down to us from generation to generation. There's a lot of great music there. And one of the old-time favorite songs that has been sung for decades is the song, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. The author, Joseph Scriven, was born in Ireland in the year 1819. After he received his university education, he began his career as a teacher, and he fell in love and planning to settle down in his hometown. But then tragedy struck. The day before his wedding, his fiancée drowned. Overcome with grief, Scriven left Ireland and headed to his new homeland to make a new life in Canada. He established a home in Rice Lake, which is about 20 kilometers from Peterborough. And there he met and fell in love with a woman named Eliza. And just weeks before they were married, Eliza got sick and she died suddenly also. Joseph was shattered. This was the second woman he'd fallen in love with and the second woman who died just before they were to be married. So he turned to the only thing that had ever anchored his life, his trust in Jesus, his faith in Christ. Christ alone, like Lauren Daigle sang just a moment ago. And soon the 25-year-old Scriven decided that he would take a vow of poverty, and he sold all of his earthly possessions, and he decided that he would spend the rest of his life helping those who are physically handicapped and those who are financially destitute. Ten years later, Scriven received word from a friend in Ireland that his aging mother was deathly ill and soon to pass from this life. Scriven had no money. He had sold everything, taken a vow of poverty, so he could not afford to get back to Ireland to care for his aging mom. That's when he wrote the words, What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Can we find a friend so faithful who will all our sorrows share? Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Are we weak and heavy laden, cumbered with a load of care? Precious Savior, still our refuge. Take it to the Lord in prayer. This hymn has so much to say about prayer, but it has as much, if not more, to say about the comfort that God brings us in a time of need. If you have your Bible or Bible app open or ready, we're looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 1 this morning. If you want to know what the Bible has to say about comfort and the comfort that comes from God, this is one of the best passages in the whole Bible. 
In fact, uh, the author mentions, uses the word comfort um, at least 10 times in these few verses. 10 times he talks about the comfort of God. So let's have a look. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning at verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. If we are afflicted, it's for your comfort and salvation. And if we are comforted, it's for your comfort, which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. Our hope for you is unshaken, for we know that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in our comfort. God's divine comfort is available and accessible to every believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's accessible and available to everybody who trusts in Jesus. So we should celebrate God's comfort. Let's celebrate the fact that His comfort is available to us. Paul begins this passage by, in an explosion of, of celebration and praise. He says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. Joseph Scriven delighted in the comfort that God brought him. In the midst of his pain and sorrow, he could celebrate the comfort of God when in 1855 he wrote those words that we have been singing for decades. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. So in the midst of his 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 affliction, he remembered the comfort that only Jesus could bring. He, he savored the comfort of God. He celebrated the fact that it was available. During some of the recent uprisings in the Middle East, Ron and Jackie Jones, who are international workers there, wrote a letter to some friends back home. And in their letter, they said the result of the fighting and killing here in the Middle East has left a profound sense of discouragement that hovers over the country. But yesterday something happened that was a delightful reminder that God cares for us and comforts his children. We watched a shepherd caring for his flock near one of the areas where gunfire could be heard on a regular basis. And every time shots rang out, the sheep cowered in fear or ran. The shepherd then would touch, he would go to each uh, sheep and touch each one with his rod and speak words of a calming reassurance to each sheep. And that would just settle the, the flock down because they, they knew the shepherd and they trusted the shepherd, they knew his voice. And then more gunfire sounded, the letter said, and the same routine happened again. Each time the sheep needed the shepherd to reassure them that they are safe. I'm <laughs> thinking, Man, we are just like those sheep. I'm just like those sheep. I need the reassurance that comes from God alone. I need to hear his voice. I need to, to sense his touch in those moments when nothing else works. And so as a result, many of us can say, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, 
for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. There's that word again. Indeed, we have a friend in Jesus. He's reliable and faithful and available to each one of us. Anything going on in your life, in your sphere these days where you need some comfort? There's comfort available. Let's celebrate that. We should celebrate the fact that God's comfort is is here. Secondly, let's experience God's comfort. Paul started this passage with a sound of celebration. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, the God of all comfort. And then in verse 4, he speaks about our experience of God's comfort because God is the only one who comforts us in all of our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction. So the whole idea here is that we get to experience the comfort of God in, in whatever area or, 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 or concerns we have, we, we, we get to experience that so that we can share it with other people. We can comfort those in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves have been comforted by God. And Scriven, Joseph Scriven, the, the author of What a Friend We Have in Jesus, spoke often about this. He spoke often about the comfort that God brought him when his first and second uh, fiance died, and then, of course, when his mother died about 10 years later. He, he spoke often to people around him. And when he had opportunities to speak, he would talk about the comfort that we receive from God so that we can comfort other people. What a friend we have in Jesus. His comfort is real and available to everyone who believes and trusts in him. So you don't have to forfeit your peace. That's the whole idea. You don't have to give your peace away. You can keep it. You can hang on to it. And you don't have to bear the pain all by yourself. Oh, what needless pain we bear, he wrote. You don't have to do that. You don't have to bear the pain by yourself. There is a friend who is forever faithful, and his name is Jesus. Jesus comforts in our, us in our affliction. Whatever form or shape or your hardship takes, Jesus can handle it. His shoulders are wide enough. His back is strong enough. He can, he can handle it. God's comfort, His divine comfort is available and accessible to those who believe, to those who are followers of Jesus. And so we should also share God's comfort. Let's share the comfort of God with others. Verses 4 and 5. God comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction. Now, let me just take a, a pause for a sec here and say that you don't have to experience divorce in order to be able to comfort somebody else who's, who's been through a divorce. You, you're, you're able to take the comfort that you've received and comfort in your affliction. You've received God's comfort in your affliction so that you can comfort somebody else who's in any affliction, the Scripture says. So you don't have to have gone through a deep, dark depression in order to be able to comfort and encourage and, 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 and help people who, who are there, you see. So that, that's the, the text of Scripture. Be, because you hear people, and I hear people say all the time, you don't know what I'm talking about. You know, shut your mouth because you've, ne- you've not been through what I've been through. No, you're right, I haven't. 
But I've been through some other stuff, and God's comforted me in that, so let me encourage you with the comfort that I have received. And that's what this text is talking about. God comforts us in our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. In one of his books, Pastor Jack Hayford talks about the time when uh, an earthquake hit Los Angeles and his home uh, was right in, the, uh, uh, right in the earthquake zone. He says, 10,000 freight trains seemed to be thundering through our house as the North Ridge earthquake hit Los Angeles. And when it was over, our family was safe and our home virtually untouched. Yet, in the days following the disaster, I was gripped with a fear that I had never known. He said, after four days, I desperately sought God in prayer. I said, Lord, I can't understand myself. Uh, I'm not afraid for my life, and I'm not in doubt of your presence and protection. Our house wasn't damaged. Is there something wrong with me? What's wrong with me? I can't get over this. And he cried out to God for answers. And then he said, I sensed this inner whisper. My son, there's nothing wrong with you. I allowed you to experience the depth of trauma and fear that has gripped multitudes so that you might comfort them beyond their fears. Has it ever occurred to you that the trials, the struggles, the suffering, the pain that you're experiencing isn't just for you or about you? That maybe God in His sovereign grace and majesty and wisdom is going to use whatever is happening in your life to touch the lives of others? Has that ever occurred to you? That's what this passage is talking about. That's why we need to be sharing the comfort that God has given us. Maybe God is allowing you to experience what you're experiencing for the sake of other people. Your trouble might be designed to help somebody else. Can we find a friend so faithful who will all our sorrows share? Jesus knows our every weakness. And so we comfort others not from the foundation of, of our superior faith, but rather from the perspective of our, the commonality of our struggles. When I was just starting out in, in ministry, uh, my, my first official position of ministry in the church was an usher. I took it seriously. But, but not seriously enough, I guess, because the very first Sunday I arrived early for my new ministry of ushering in the church in Regina. They sent me home. Because you see, that was back in the day where you, you had to wear a suit and tie. And I didn't have my suit and tie on. All I had was my suit jacket and a turtleneck sweater, and that wasn't good enough. I started there. I started in the ministry there. Uh, I believed that God was going to do something in my life, and, and I'm still waiting for that. <laughs> waiting for God to bring comfort to His people. And, and I went to my, my, my pastor, 
who was um, a, a great guy, and, and I remember him sitting me down, and in the course of that conversation, I forget much of what he said to me, uh, but he said, Garth, if you minister to people out of your own weakness, you will speak to people every time. If you try to speak to people on the basis of your strength, the foundation of you having it all together, you're going to miss the boat sadly. And I'll just never forget that because I was so devastated over being sent home because I didn't have, have my shirt and tie on. And, and God used that conversation with Pastor Sipley to steer my ship aright and to keep my eyes focused on what really is important. And, and so we comfort others not from the foundation of our superior faith but from the commonality of our mutual struggles. Is there somebody in your life Somebody in your circle of influence or friendship who needs comfort today? Can you think of somebody who, who needs to hear from you? Maybe a phone call, maybe a drop-in visit, maybe a coffee. Take the comfort with which you've been comforted and comfort somebody else who needs it. God's divine comfort is available and accessible to every follower of Jesus. So let's celebrate Let's experience, let's share the comfort of God, and then let's not forget to trust in the comfort that God brings. Let's trust in God's comfort. Verses 6 and 7, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. If, if we're afflicted, it's for your comfort. There it is. If we're afflicted, it's for your comfort and salvation. And if we're comforted, it's for your comfort which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. Our hope for you is unshaken. There's that element of trust. Our hope for you is unshaken. For we know that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in our comfort. As we trust in the comfort of God, you're encouraged to trust in the comfort of God, which will encourage others to trust in the comfort of God, and it just keeps, keeps growing. A few years ago, professional baseball player R.A. Dickey was the National League Cy Young Award winner, which is the highest honor for a pitcher in Major League Baseball. And he, he's a devoted follower of Jesus also. But Dickey's career almost ended before it got started, um, he was the first-round uh, first draft pick of the, the uh, Texas Rangers, and uh, they offered him an $810,000 contract. That was back in 1996, so I don't know what that would translate to $2,020, but it's a lot of money. $810,000, his first-round draft pick, and all he had to do was pass a routine medical exam. And but unknown to Dickey, the, the physical exam revealed that in his right elbow, his pitching arm, there was a tiny ligament missing from his elbow. And so after the exam, his agent ushered him into a meeting with the general manager of the Texas Rangers, and uh, he's, he said flatly to R.A. Dickey, we're going to retract your, our offer. We're going to retract our offer because we think there's something wrong with your elbow. Dickey writes in his memoirs, I... I, try to, I stand there for a moment trying to take in those words for a second or two. We're going to retract our offer. He said, I, 
I don't feel devastation. I, I, I don't feel anger. I feel rage. I mean, I'm raging at the thought. It feels as if it starts in my toes and blasts up through my body and through my guts and right out through the top of my head like a tsunami. It's a little descriptive. But then he says, it's, it's as if there's a strong hand on my shoulder holding me back, giving me pause. In that instant, I have self-control that wasn't there a moment earlier, and I hear a voice. Relax. I've got this. Don't worry, R.A. I've got your back. It's going to be okay. The voice is the voice of the Holy Spirit, and God was giving me comfort in that very moment. So, friends, your sorrow and my suffering, your disappointments and my discouragements all have a purpose. If we believe that God is in control of every day and every hour of our lives, we also have to believe that those, those moments of, of discouragement, those, 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 those trials and those afflictions have a purpose. And, and one of the purposes is that they force us to run to Jesus because he's the only one that has the answers. He's the only one that can ultimately bring me comfort. I can turn to a movie for temporary relief. I can turn to a, a bottle and, 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 and have some drinks and all of that kind of thing. That, that's only temporary. Only Jesus can provide a permanent solution for my fears, my tribulations, my, tr- my struggles, my trials. One of the purposes is to make us run to Jesus. You can trust Him. Are we weak and heavy laden, cumbered with a load of care? Precious Jesus, still our Refuge, take it to the Lord in prayer. So will you, will you trust in God's comfort today? I mean, will you consciously and, and, and decisively and deliberately surrender your heart and your soul to Jesus again in a fresh way this morning? Who else has the words of comfort that can bring the much-needed relief that, that you're looking for. You have a friend in Jesus. That was the whole point of Scriven's message to us. Two fiancés and a mother. Nothing he could do, but he could receive the comfort of God by taking it all to the Lord in prayer. This morning we have some prayer partners who are willing and eager to pray with you and to pray for you, to pray over you this morning. So if, if, if there's a, a need in your life, you, you have something on your heart that you'd like uh, prayer for, then we would encourage you to come and be part of our, our prayer time this morning. Uh, they're not going to wait until the song is completely finished. They're going to come up here and, and stand uh, facing our audience, and if, if, if you have a prayer need this morning, we just encourage you to come, be part of this prayer time, and, and meet the Lord in prayer here at the front of our church. They'll be ready to pray with you and pray for you, so you can come even while we sing and uh, find a prayer partner. Can, can we find a friend so faithful as Jesus? Jesus knows our every weakness, and so we can bring it to him in prayer this morning. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank you. 
And we can't, we can't actually thank you enough for your, your commitment to be a friend so faithful, one who knows our every weakness, one who loves us when we're anxious, one who loves us when we're fearful, one who comforts us in our time of greatest need. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you've given us a place in your story of redemption and, and restoration. And from that vantage point, we're, we're able to share the comfort with which we have been comforted. Lord Jesus, thank you for writing our names in heaven with the permanent ink of God's grace, God's amazing grace. And we thank you. We praise you for that, Lord. And so as our brothers and sisters respond to the Holy Spirit this morning, as our friends and family come for prayer today, would you please, please, please meet them here. Fulfill the desires of their hearts. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.